the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. While we open our Bibles, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, that is where I will be reading. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Amen. How many love God's thoughts towards their lives? Amen. And the bit about it is when you know. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful this evening for making it possible for us to come here. It was great on Sunday when we were here. I mean, we thought we should come again because it is always great to come here where we can let off the pressure. And Lord, not only that, but so we can come in contact with our maker. Our prophet has said many a times that the most dangerous thing is when a human being comes in contact with his maker or her maker. We know that the miraculous will happen, dear God. We know that our destiny is in your hands. And that is why we want to come to you and appreciate you for you for what you have done for us, for preserving us, Heavenly Father. There are many things that are happening in our lives. It's not because of our abilities but it is the, because of the grace. And that is why this evening we want to acknowledge and say, it is by your grace, dear God. And we want to thank you because we owe you a gratitude for all things that you are doing for us. But above everything, for the salvation that you have granted to us, we will forever be indebted to you. And there is nothing that we can give you except our lives. That's why a poet says, as we lay our lives before your altar, and that's exactly what we are going to do this evening. We want to thank you, and the year is a service you have been invited to be part of it. I'm not going to speak my thoughts. I believe whatever I'm going to speak to you here is going to be coming from you. And if I had any plans to speak thoughts that are of my own, may you bring such a difficulty in that realm and actually shut down that realm so that it must be the supernatural medium through which you will get the message to your people. And when all is said and done, your name must be glorified. It's not for a speaker to be praised, how articulate he may be, but it's for you to be praised, Heavenly Father. And that is why we think you deserve all the praises. And as we take every spirit here under the control of the Holy Spirit, for your glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While you take your seat. Amen. Now, just for a couple of minutes, Brother Clement is just... Amen. Hallelujah. Now, 
I just want to take a few minutes and speak on destiny. Hallelujah. Uh, destiny. Uh, that's what I want to speak about this evening. And I don't know how many of you know that your lives have been pre-planned. Hallelujah. You are where you are because you had to be where you are. And you are going where you are going because you had to be going where you were going. Amen. It is not so much about the circumstances that you find yourself in, but it is something that has been pre-planned before the foundation of the world. Are we together? And I believe that every person that is here is here because you were purposed to be here. You came here and whatever you do is because there is a a purpose oriented to your life. Are we together? Amen. Brother Bram says in this message, I know my Redeemer liveth. He says in paragraph 21, he says, now we want to draw this first into our mind that uh, there is not one thing that can destroy us until the purpose of who he, of he who created us has been fulfilled. How many agree with that? There is nothing that can destroy us until the purpose of he who created us has been fulfilled. Are we together? You don't die because of a car accident. You don't die because your body is ravaged by cancer. You die because God's purpose in your life has been fulfilled. Are we together? So that means, and if God's purpose in your life has been fulfilled and it's time to go, you can be surrounded by the best specialists, but they won't help you. Hallelujah. Are you not amazed that some people would get involved in an accident, and when they get involved in an accident, it looked terrible, but they come out alive. And somebody gets involved in an accident the car is not even beyond repair, and they say he's gone because of shock. It's not the accident that kills a person. When God's purpose has been fulfilled, hallelujah, there is the, the, if God has drawn the line, you cannot go beyond that line. Are we together? Now, he continues here. He says, there could be, there could be nothing. We are made for a purpose. How many agree with that? I want to drive that one home. We are made for a purpose. We are not here on earth just to be an addition of the population upon the face of the earth. Your role upon the face of the earth is unique. And it can only be fulfilled by you. And no one can replace you. Hallelujah. There had to be you and after you there will never be any other person that is like you. Do you agree with that? Hallelujah. He says, we are made for a purpose. This church was built here for a purpose. Amen. I hope we are a purpose-driven church. Amen. This foundation was not dark, and the corner stone laid, and the blocks laid into the building, and the roof of the interior was not put here just to see if it could be done. It was put here by a purpose, and for a purpose. Your home that you live in was not just accidentally put there or somebody just wasting their time. Your home was made for a purpose to serve a purpose. 
you did not drive this evening here in your automobile that your automobile was not made just to see if it could be made. The materials were not wasted by men. It was put here for a purpose and to serve a purpose. The clothing that you wear were not just to see if somebody could fashion something. It was for a purpose. The food that you eat was not grown on the earth just to see it will grow. It was made for a purpose. And God did not just have to make a tree just to be a tree. He made a tree for a purpose. And God did not make you and I just to see if he could do it. He made us for a purpose. Hallelujah. Therefore, there is a purpose of us, of us, all of us being here. You are not just here to be another human being. And if you can understand that, you will never struggle the rest of your life trying to look like somebody. Hallelujah. You are not here just to be another human being. You are here because that God made you for some purpose. You are not just here to eat the food that God growed. You are not here just to live in the house that men made or to wear the clothing that somebody fashioned. You are here for a specific purpose. No matter how little you are, how big you are, how important you are, how unimportant you are, you are here to serve a purpose. Just as my finger is here for a purpose, my nail on my finger is for a purpose. My eye and every part of my body is to serve a purpose. It was not put here just to see what it would look like when it was put here. But it was put here to serve its purpose. It was God's divine plan to do so. And if we were put here for a purpose, then there is nothing, there is nothing that can destroy us until God's purpose is fulfilled. Nothing can harm us until that purpose that God has put us here for has been made manifest. No matter how much trouble we have, no matter how much heartaches or sorrows that we go through, all these are reasons, but there is a reason for it. You are here for a purpose. Are we together? That means if God has fashioned you and brought you here, it was not because God was not doing an experimentation with you. God created you here for a purpose. And the beauty about it, Brother Branham says, God's purpose in your life shall never be defeated. How many believe that? God's purpose in your life shall never be defeated. If God brought you into existence and there is a purpose that is aligned to your life, no matter what the devil may do, he will never destroy God's purpose in your life. Are we together? We are speaking about the matters of destiny here. And if I could put it across to you, uh, there are certain things in your life that are a product of destiny. You could have never designed those things in your wildest imagination. Those that are married to the person that you got married to, you would have never designed in your wildest imagination that you would be married to the person that you are married to. But God had to orchestrate events in your life to move you from a certain point to a certain point. And as you were moving, you began to meet different people until later you met somebody that you deemed to be your partner. But God had to trigger events. And that is why I'm saying our being here is aligned to God's destiny. And if it is God's destiny, the devil shall never derail God's destiny. Uh, Are we together, folks? I hope you're with me here. Brother Bram says, the great shining light, paragraph 15. But it gives us consolation to know this, 
that we do not hold our destiny. We do not hold our destiny. You cannot design the path of it. You can plan, folks. But how many people have ever planned? And while you are working on this plan, all of a sudden it gets horribly derailed. And another plan comes. And later you feel you are, you are greeting and say, I had this grand plan that I was working on. But it faded away. But while it faded away, God just brought another plan. And it brought you to an expected end. And when you look in hindsight, you say, goodness, I thought it was a great plan, but it would have never brought me where I am. But God derailed me to bring me where I am today. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. And no matter where you find yourself and whatever you may be going through, the first question you must ask yourself, what is God's purpose? And God's purpose is higher than our ambitions. God's purpose is higher than our intentions. God's purpose is higher than our human relations. Are we, are we together? He says that we, God holds our destiny. Oh, I wish I could tell the devil that. My destiny is not in your hands, devil. My destiny is in God's hands. My life will go where God desires my life to go. Whether the tables like it or not, my life will follow the destiny that God has laid. And he has ordained it to be so. There is, folks, there is nothing will ever interrupt the program of God. It was God's program that Joseph must become the prime minister of Egypt. The teach could not stop it. The prison could not stop it. Pharaoh's wife could not stop it because God had purposed it. I hope we are together here. Hallelujah. Brother Branham says in this message, the fundamental foundation for faith, and I think I'll connect it with what Brother Dipadi said last week, uh, that you, when you possess something, we don't measure things based on what you possess. We measure it based on how you utilize it. Hallelujah. There's, there's no, you can have the best skill, but unless it is utilized, it lays dormant, it is of no use. Hallelujah. And you will never perfect your skill unless you utilize it. David would have never mastered the slingshot until he tried it on the bear. Until he tried it on the lion. Until he realized that, goodness, this thing works. Even when I meet Goliath, I'll meet Goliath. And my question, what have you perfected in your life that you can approach the devil anywhere, anytime, and under any condition? Mine, it is the word of God. Are we together? He says, then the, the only thing, this is the message, the fundamental foundation of faith. I think this message has got... Beautiful nuggets. I would really go and encourage you to read this message. It is full of nutrients. It says the only thing that hindered the human race today from being superior. If, if I say something that hinders you from being superior, I'm simply saying you are superior, but you don't know something is hindering you to achieve that level of superiority. We are not inferior, folks. Uh, hallelujah. God, God, they, God has never even produced one inferior product. 
God has got no factory faults. His children are perfect. I can't speak on, the, on behalf of the children of the David. Amen. The only thing that hindered the human race today from being superior and controlling like they did in the beginning is because that the power lines of the outlet of God made in the human being have been clocked up. Hallelujah. I say this reverently. Sometimes the theology and church doctrines have clocked up your faith line. Why? Because church doctrine and theology creates a paradigm in your life. A, a, a paradigm, it's, it's, it's when you, you believe, you, you have a set of beliefs that before something can happen, it has to go this way. Hallelujah. And a church doctrine sometimes, it can come and say the days of miracles are past. And that it clogs the power lines. He says, clocked up your power lines till you have been taught that those things can't be. And that puts a block in the way. And I had much better put it across. Even in the message, some power lines have been clocked up. And folks, I had much better put it to you. Yes, we are on our way to rapture. But this God is interested as well as on our day-to-day provision. Hallelujah. God doesn't just want to meet you on Sunday morning in church. He wants to know where you stay. He wants to know what you eat. He wants to know how healthy you are. Hallelujah. He's interested in the nitty gritties of your life. Are we together? Don't just push him up in the spiritual realm. He's interested in your natural realm. He can't feed you spiritually and starve you naturally. Are you here for you? Do you understand what I'm talking about? You can't pay for your eternal destination and fail to pay for your electricity bill. Are you here, folks? You can't settle your eternal settle your eternal destination and not settle your debt. Hallelujah. And how do you know that he settles your eternal destination? You see him in the daily activities. And we are looking for believers that can be conscious of the almighty God in their daily activities. So that your life is full of aha moments. And you say, aha, God has done it again. God has done it again. God has done it again. That will produce the rapturing faith. A rapturing faith is a builder process. Could he, he says, could he imagine this building... Could you imagine this building here being energized tonight for light by electricity? Electricity is an unseen force. When it's harnessed and brought on when Benjamin Franklin first found it, he screamed, I've got it. He didn't know what he had. He had something. But uh, along came Edison and put it to work. And today we can send a wireless telegram from right to this place, anywhere around the world, by a wireless telegram. One said, I found it. Another one utilized it. If Benjamin Franklin had just found it, because he took a current, a kite, 
and he was standing in the, in the rain. And as he was standing, not in the rain, I think it was in the storm, and he, because he wanted to pick it up. When he picked up that current, he said, I've got it. Brother Bram said it was not called electricity because later it was called electricity. He just discovered another power that could not be seen by the natural eye. But later that power had to be harnessed by Edison. In order, he brought the bulb, and that means that power can now become visible to the naked eye when you look at the bulb. Hallelujah. Somebody has found the power of the Almighty God, and William Branham in the end time said, I found it. But he's looking for the bride to harness that so that it becomes visible to the natural eye. Folks, faith without works is dead. Hallelujah. And uh, faith operates outside the realm of discomfort. You, you can never find faith within the realm of comfort. And that is why some of you wonder, why am I moving from trial to trial? God wants to develop you so that he develops your faith outside of the comfort zone. And you see God moving on the scene so that you can testify about him. Yes. Testimonies are, do not emanate from a comfort zone. God sometimes rattles the nest and things get disoriented until you try that and try that and it never works out. Until you say, I've tried that and tried that. But today, I'm going down on my knees. There is a God that is higher than this situation. There is a God that is higher than my my ability. And when you begin to do that, God moves on to the scene. Then you have faith. Don't forget you are an eaglet. An eaglet is trained on the storm. Are you here, folks? An eaglet is not being taken to the beach on the water. It's only a duck that is taken down there. And the eagle is taken up higher. And when it sees the, the current coming, it knows that I must turn it into an asset. Your trials are, are propelling you to greater heights. And some of you, you would have never known who you are until a trial came your way. I had much better say that. Some of you were tested to the limits and you realized when you came to your wit end and say, goodness, there is a God that took over the situation and that is why I'm here. And I had much better put it across. You are a child of destiny. You are a, you are, you are a product of God's purpose. And if the church can begin to realize that, you will see a great mighty army rising on the scene. And folks, sometimes education is great. But sometimes we've got the greatest literacy in our time is not the inability to read. It's the inability to unlearn the junk that you have learned over the years. Did you hear what I said? And as we come the, the schooling system is great. We've got to go through it. But sometimes it conditions you to operate within their system so that it can manipulate you. And once they are done with you, it spews you out. The system is not interested in your well-being. Did you hear me? Your company is not interested in your well-being. You are there for a season. Once they are done, they spew out. But we need agile believers. We need believers that can be five steps ahead of the David. 
and say, when the devil is planning this, I'm planning that. When he's planning that, I'm planning that. You must be ahead of the devil. Don't ever be overrun by the devil. It requires vigilancy. That's why there is a saying that in Africa, is it a gazilla? Am I right? What you call it? Gazelle. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yeah? Folks, help me. Don't help English brutalize me. Hallelujah. What do you call it? Hmm? You know, it's amazing. There are some students in class, when a teacher asks questions, they just make noise and make the lips to move so that the teacher must not come where they are. Are we together? I'm going to read this one for you. Amen. So that I know what I'm talking about. If I don't find it, it's not a problem. Amen. But what did you say it is? One person at a time? A gazelle. Okay. They say in Africa, when a gazelle wakes up in the morning, it knows that it must run the faster than the fastest lion. Or else it will be eaten by that lion. A believer, when he wakes up, he must know I must run faster than the devil. Or the devil will overrun me. Did you get that? Amen. Now, through electricity today, we're able to operate the machines. Brother Brum say, an unseen force moves it through space that no man can catch it. Only machinery can catch it because it's too fast for the eye. But yet there is a force that there is a telegram coming right through here now. And if the natural laws of God, which is electricity and things, once handed in the right capacity, can do those things, how much more could the power of the Holy Ghost, once passing through the human heart by faith, what it, it could do? God has not promised us electricity only, just might, might have set them free. But look what the Holy Spirit has promised to the believers today. Then we look back and see that God put electricity here for a certain thing. Are we together? Well, I come to that. There's something that I want to speak about here. Uh, they call it a, you need to, to understand your spiritual heritage. As we are sitting right now, you are a summation of your family tree. There are, when we get into your DNA code, we can trace certain traits, trace certain traits that are in your genetic code that come down through your heritage line. Are we together? And I believe in certain behavioral patterns 
they are beyond your control because they are embedded in your genetic code. You, you speak in a certain way because your people spoke like that. You speak faster because somebody in your generation spoke faster. You walk slower because somebody walks slower. So as a result, you are a summation of that family tree. And if you do not understand what attracts the generational curses is the genetic code. There are certain spirits that travel in your family that are after you. And you must, you must overrun those spirits. Are we together? And sometimes, folks, let me tell you something. And no wonder Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Reborn again, it means you must reboot your genetic code. So that means if your grand-grandfather made you to speak faster, now when you migrate from that genetic code and you've got, you are a new creature from a new genetic pool, what happens right there is that now your genetic, you are now a summation all for your family, spiritual family tree. That's what that means. Sometimes you wake up and you begin to say, such and such shall happen. And you say, actually, it is there. It has already happened. But yet no one can see it. It is now that genetic code that used to be in Abraham. It is now manifesting itself through you. And one day you say, I shall walk and be no more. It is because there is a genetic code that belongs to Enoch that is right in you. Hallelujah. And within you, there is a resistance to bow down to idols because in you, there is a genetic code that is part of the DNA of the Hebrew children. Hallelujah. The doctor say you cannot have a child, but you say, goodness, I'm preparing the diapers because in you, there is a genetic code, hallelujah, of Hannah. Are we together? I'm simply saying what you are today, you are a summation of your spiritual family tree. And you did not choose to become part of that. Destiny chose that you should be part of that. Are we together? That's why I say you must be born again. Brother Abraham says in this message, faith of Abraham, he says predestination is a hard way among a congregation of people not to ask to them. To us, predestination is a blessing. He says really foreknowledge is a better way. Predestination looks back to foreknowledge. So that means the end looks back at the beginning. How the beginning knew the end. Just to bring it in layman's time. So that means if you came, God knew your end before the beginning. And knew your choices before you could make those choices. And on that basis, on the basis of foreknowledge, then he could predestinate. Predestination looks back to foreknowledge. Foreknowledge looks on to destiny. God, that God being infinite in the beginning, beginning, knew the end from the beginning. Therefore, he knew what people would do. So he could foretell what would take place, for he knew what would be. Before Esau and Jacob either was born, God could say, Esau, I've hated, but Jacob, I've loved. Because he foreknew what they could be. He never made Esau the way he was. He wasn't willing that Esau would be that way. But Esau, by choice, God knew what would take place. So that's how he knows us today. You might be able to fool your neighbor. 
You might be able to fool your pastor, but you will never be able to fool God. Because God knows your heart. Are we together? Let me rush here with this quotation as I get to closing. Brother Branham says to a woman that came on the podium in the message, The Calling of Abraham, he says, Sister, your baby is very sick. They really don't know what's the matter with it because it's got a trouble in its neck. It's a gland, a trouble swelling. Is that right? You were to take the baby to the doctor, the hospital. It was about yesterday, but you are holding off. That's a very good faith for a sinner. You used to be a Catholic, weren't you? And you quit the Catholic church, that's right. Then you started going to a Pentecostal church, but you, did not, you didn't join them. You haven't been back to that church for about a year. You don't know what to do. This came upon your baby that you might save the Lord. Now, go and be born again of his spirit. I will bless the baby. I will not pray for the baby. The baby is not sick. Hallelujah. But the condition was created in the baby in order to direct the destiny of the mother. She moved into the Catholic, but later she had to move out. She moved into the Pentecostal. She had to move out. For her to come in contact with the prophet of the age, that condition had to be on the baby. But the baby was not sick. And Brother Bram said, let me just bless the baby. This came upon the baby so that you can serve the Lord. There are certain things that happen in your life and it's God bringing you closer to himself. And let me tell you something. Whenever you've got a destiny that has been designed by God, when you get derailed from that destiny, God will do whatever it takes to bring you back in line to your destiny. Did you hear? Even if somebody has got to die, somebody will die. If a nation has got to go bankrupt, it will go bankrupt. If something, if things have got to go haywire, they will go haywire. Because God wants to bring you back in alignment with your destiny. Because God's purpose in your life shall never be defeated. Are you here, folks? And let me tell you something. When you operate out of God's purpose zone, it is a dangerous zone to operate because God, when he brings you back into the fold, he becomes merciless. He moves whatever needs to be moved in order to bring you back into the fold. But here are the words of assurance. Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I ordained you to be a prophet. You are not a prophet because you were born in the right family. You are not a prophet because you had the right friends. You are not a prophet because you went to the right child. But before that cell was formed in your mother's womb, I, the almighty God, in his sovereignty, chose you that you, Jeremiah, shall be a prophet. And I had much better say to you, before you were formed in your mother's womb, God had a program that he had designed for you. And even that time, if other mothers had abortion, your mother could not have an abortion because there was a purpose of God that was attached to that tiny cell that was growing in her womb. Hallelujah. This makes me feel good. When I was defenseless, 
What defended me was God's purpose. Hallelujah. Your mother did not have a medical aid. There were complications, but you made it. How did you make it? It's because God decided that this one shall never go away. Because why? I've got a message. I've got a messenger. I've got a time that they must save me here. When Brother Brenham wanted to take out a gun and shoot at himself, he pulled, he held the electric wires that had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of volts, but he never did anything. But a brother Abraham said, God was protecting the gift in me. And I say, it's because destiny had designed that I shall hear his voice right on the soils of Africa. The devil wanted to take him. He could not take him. But when the God's purpose in Brother Branham's life was fulfilled, he was driving a drunk boy, came from nowhere. There was an accident. He went into the hospital and brothers were praying. But the God's purpose was finished. But to show that he was a child of destiny, when he was admitted in the ICU, when people were critical, they were being discharged. Do you believe that, folks? I'm not going to create an idol out of Brother Brenham. Stay with me here. I don't want to do that. But her sister went down to Jeffersonville. When she got there, there were flowers, I'm told, that were there, artificial flowers. She just picked up those artificial flowers and came back with them. And I'm told she took those artificial flowers. She spread those artificial flowers on her son's bed who was an alcoholic. And the boy came and slept in that bed. And few years down the line, few weeks down the line, he did not want to touch alcohol. And he did come into the message. I don't, go, I don't say go to Jeffersonville. Oh, some of you are skeptical. You need a scripture. Elisha. Hallelujah. There were people that were carrying a dead man. And they came running. And they saw, they trapped him on the, on the grave of Elisha. But that are those bones. Those bones, they still have had an anointing. When a dead man landed on the grave, he as well started running. And I'm saying, there is a power in this message. Do you believe that, folks? That prophet was a prophet of destiny. And you are a believer by destiny. And you don't need to go to Jeffersonville. By faith. Right where you are sitting. You can unleash a certain degree of power that not even a single demon can stand in your presence. Destiny and purpose brings authority through identity. I know who I am. I know why I'm here. I know where I come from. I know where I'm going. You you can't mess with a person. But spiritual amnesia can make the devil to play around with you. But when the word penetrates and reaches your soul and there comes a new realization, people just look at you and you say, goodness, I'm overwhelmed. I'm beside myself. What happened? There is something, a penny dropped. You, You came into the moment of truth about your destiny. And folks, if you don't know where you're going, you don't know who you are, you don't know where you come from, 
you will become the devil's football. He will kick you and kick you hard. He will be merciless. And I had much better bring it to you believers. If you think where you are, even naturally, so and so arranged this for me to be here and I'm here, you'll go around life being a beggar. And people will mistreat you. Are you not amazed that at work an arrogant guy never gets fired? A guy that does everything for the office, they fire him. He said, oh goodness, but that one was a good fellow. The devil appreciates no loyalty. But the devil is intimidated by a believer who knows who they are. Because they speak with authority. They do things with a sense of authority. Brothers, are you with me? A man that has a side business at work is more confident than the one that relies on the salary. I'm speaking to you as me. Multiple streams of income humbles the devil. One stream of income makes the devil pompous because he knows if I can just put mud today, you are finished. Did you hear me, man? I hope it sinks in. Amen. But you must know, whatever you touch as a child of God, if your life is right, God will bless it. God will bless it. And when you begin to realize that, you do things with sense of confidence. A child of God is not a trial and error person. I will try and see where it goes. No, they know the expected end. Because they know the thoughts of God towards them. He said, I started here, but I don't know where it will go. It will amaze a lot of people. It will, it will grow and become a phenomenon. Don't, God is not a chancer. Imagine me, pastor, in this church and say, I'm just trying this year and see where this church will go. No, I know where it will go. Because I know its purpose. I know its direction. And I know who backs it. Who backs it? The almighty God. The skeptics can say whatever they say. But they can never defeat God's purpose about the church. What about you in your personal life? Don't do things by trial and error. Do them wholeheartedly. And know that God, the almighty God, will back up my plans. You hear Brother Brennan says, he says, God took Christ up on Calvary and he tore him apart and made a covenant by himself. And he says, you are the covenant people. You shall not faith. Expected a better amen than that. Because this was not a motivational speaker speaking. That just gets you worked up. No, this was a pillar of fire vindicated prophet. His words were filtered by the pillar of fire. And he says, you are the covenant people. God saw by himself, you shall not faith. I need the church to take that to heart. You shall not faith. How many believe that? This is the pillar of fire that spoke. You shall not faith. Then how how must you walk? Then you need to harness that power. Have you ever seen when you've got solution, 
you look for a problem even where it doesn't exist. Hallelujah. So that people can acknowledge the man of solutions has arrived. Hallelujah. When you're a doctor, you look for sick sick people. When you're a policeman, you look for criminals. When you're a pastor, you look for souls. Because what's happening? It brings out the best in what you were created to be. Because you've got a solution to the problem. How, how much about you sitting there? The, whatever you find yourself in, and trials and things that make you cry, they are there to bring out the best in you. But I've got a message tonight for you. You are a covenant person. And you shall not fail. I need you to believe that. Has God ever failed at any point in time? No, he never failed. Did Jesus Christ fail at any point in time? They thought he had failed. They put him in the grave. They closed with a, with a stone. But because he was not a failure, within 72 hours, he took a walk down to him house. And those that believe in him shall be like him. When they receive his spirit, they will never fail. Wherever they go, doors will open. Yeah. Do you hear me? Do you hear me, brothers? We, are not, we don't fear a collapsing economy. When the more I read about how the economy is collapsing, I say, goodness. There's a power that is about to be unleashed. There's testimonies that are coming up. When When a believers realize we've got nowhere else to go, they go to him and he comes down. You will see testimonies that you have never seen before. God will shake the nation based on how you will be conducting yourself. How many believe that? Then have no fear. Have faith in God. You are a child of destiny. And let me tell you something. When you are a child of destiny, God sends the people to you at the right time to help you. They don't know why they came. They were sent. And when they come and help you and they leave, don't cry. Their time is finished. I was telling another pastor, and I made him laugh. I say, when you start a church, God sends the right people at the right time. If you don't have a clean, and there is a brother dedicated, and he cleans church every day, and you say, goodness, this brother is dedicated. Hallelujah. And later, God helps you. You've got a cleaning company. Are we together? And that brother leaves. Don't cry and say, ah, goodness, who's going to help anymore? No, people are there to fulfill their purpose. I hope it sounded right. Amen. Amen. If somebody comes and is on touch of technology, maybe God just said, this person is here to set up. And his ministry is to set up. And once he has set up, you must find another struggling church that does not have a technology. And when God pulls them out and sends them to that church to help, we cry and say, "Ah, our brother just left. No, these are matters of destiny. He came at the right time. He left at the right time. People come into your life at the right time. They leave you at the right time. You don't need to concentrate on the movement of people. Concentrate on the destiny. And say, where am I going? 
And when you understand destiny, you'll never be disappointed by failed relationships. Because a new an, an end brings a new beginning. When you are a child of destiny, when one door closes, another one opens. Are we together? But what must you do? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. God will bring the right people in your life. God bless you, Rachel. believe that God is a powerful God, the almighty God. He can move events. Amen. There's one thing I
leads me, I will follow. Amen. We're going to wrap up in prayer. Brother Abraham.
of the way. All the way. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this evening for your grace and for your love. Lord of God, Heavenly Father, we feel humbled. Lord of God, Heavenly Father, when we realize that, Lord of God, you love us, O oh God. Oh, yes. Lord of God, Heavenly Father, you loved us, O oh God, Heavenly Father, with a love, Heavenly Father, that Heavenly Father, Lord, one writer, when he was writing, he says, the oceans, O oh God, they can feel up, O oh God, like the love of God. Hallelujah. The scribes cannot write, oh God, about the love of God. Oh, yes. And even Father, Lord, oh God, tonight, oh God, even Father, we just want to thank you, oh God. We thank you, Father. Oh God, even Father, you started to bring out this destiny through our prophet, oh God. Yes. How he came out, oh God, of a home where the father was busy making beer, oh God. Mm. But Lord, oh God, destiny, oh God, it couldn't hinder, oh God. Yes. Lord, oh God, Heavenly Father, it just goes to show, oh God, Heavenly Father, that Lord, oh God, us in your presence today, oh God, our prophets came from the West. Case, oh God, that could ever bring out a prophet, oh God. Mm. And I believe, oh God, Heavenly Father, you did it for a purpose, oh God, that Lord, when we look at ourselves, we can see that it's not by our own doing, it's not by our own mighty, but Lord, oh God, Heavenly Father, but it's by your grace, oh God, Heavenly Father, that Lord, oh God, when you see us, you loved us, oh God. Oh, yes. Heavenly Father, Lord, oh God, how we can look, oh God, just going through all the Bible, how, how, how we can see destiny that you had, Heavenly Father, upon your children. Lord, oh God, Heavenly Father, how we could look at Jonah. Lord, oh God, Heavenly Father, him trying to run. Oh God, Heavenly Father, but Lord, oh God, destiny, oh God. It's made, oh God, Heavenly Father, those people to lose their things. Made the sheep, oh God, Heavenly Father, to be, oh God, Heavenly Father, faced with some winds, oh God. Until, oh God, Heavenly Father, Jonah had to go back to his destiny. Yes. And Lord, oh God, Heavenly Father, when he went back to his destiny, oh God, those people, oh God, how we hear it, the scripture says they saw. And, oh God, Heavenly Father, they confessed, oh God, and they worshipped, oh God. Heavenly Father, that's us, oh God, tonight. Lord, oh God, how the pastor brought it out, oh God, that, Lord, no matter whether we try to run, Lord, oh God, the destiny, the purpose of God can never be defeated. Oh, yes. Heavenly Father, Lord, oh God, and we just want to pray, oh God, tonight to say, Lord, maybe we are wondering, oh God, not knowing what's our destiny, not knowing what's our purpose, oh God. But Heavenly Father, you bring such a word so that, oh God, Heavenly Father, we can get that realization that, Lord, we are not nothing, we are nothing, we are not nothing, oh God. But, Heavenly Father, we have to fulfill a certain purpose, O oh God. And, Heavenly Father, we just want to pray, O oh God, that, Lord, help us, that, Lord, O oh God, we can also act upon the word, Lord. Yes. That, O oh God, Heavenly Father, we can become, O oh God, Heavenly Father, doers of that word, Lord. Yes. 
that we can walk oh God even further into our our respective places oh God even further because the prophet oh God even further even Paul when he comes and he speaks oh God he says imagine a hand trying to do the work of a foot oh God it would defeat the whole people so that's God. right but even further if each and every member would get to know our position get to know our place oh God even if then there will be a perfect harmony as the body is lord lord oh god and we are a body of christ oh god and lord oh god when we become in our positions heaven father lord oh god then lord your purpose oh god that you had for us can be fulfilled oh yes we just want to pray oh god that lord may you bless us as we live go with us oh god Forgive us, O God, of our shortcomings. Yes. Lord, O God, Heavenly Father, may we walk, O God, Heavenly Father, in your way. And may we take the word before us in every situation, O God. Heavenly Father, because we know with your word we can defeat the enemy anytime, O God. Any place, O God. Yes. O God, we just want to pray as we commit all things into your hands. We pray believing and we pray, O God, thanking you, O God, for such a word that we had tonight lord we give the glory we give the honor in jesus christ's name we pray amen amen god lift me higher put me on higher ground amen i'm pressing
rode it on a plane and thought, goodness, this plane is flying at a low altitude. I wish I could have another plane that flies at a higher altitude. And we have found that plane. It is the message of the hour. While I release you, Brother Branham says in the message, the unconditional covenant that, made, that God made with his people, paragraph 216, he says, listen, you are the covenant people of God. God took Christ apart at Calvary, making the covenant, swearing by himself, and he took the body up into heaven, which will return someday. But the spirit he gave back to lead to the church. The same life that was in Christ Jesus is in the church tonight by the Holy Ghost, doing and acting and performing the same things he did when he was here on earth. You have received it. You've got the covenant. It's written to you, sown by God. You can't fail. That makes the devil mad. Sure it does when you realize who you are. God bless you, Rich. You can give us some service this Saturday. We have disappointed him, grieved him. It's, he's the only man that you are allowed to grieve, the devil. Amen. And when you grieve him, the devil, heaven really, really rejoices. Until we meet you on Sunday and have a blessed week of what remains of it. Amen. Ah.